You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Your mother was a hamster, and your father smelt of elderberry! I am your father. Hello and welcome everybody to episode 15 of Sharp Angles. I'm one of your hosts, Rich. I'm here with... Danae. And Jeanette. Alright, and uh, we have made it, as promised. We uh, are now completely caught off on the MCU as far as movies are concerned. Because we all just took in some Ant-Man. Yes, we did. So, uh... I don't even know how to start this conversation about this movie. Um, it was terrible. No, because it wasn't terrible. It was just, it was just a thing. It just exists. Jeanette has this saying: "It wasn't great. It wasn't awful. It just existed." Yep. It just exists, right? I... Yeah. And here, I was so fascinated to hear your opinions because. I mean, we haven't discussed this before this right. very second. Right. So, because that was my exact reaction. I was like, I would give this a 2.5 because I don't have anything positive to say, really. Right. But I don't have anything negative either. It just, it existed. I agree. I, I, I learned some stuff about ants. <laughs> yeah, I mean. That's what I got for you. I mean, it's, all right. So, yeah. Like, I so badly wanted to be. Like re-surprised by the Marvel Cinematic Universe team, you know, like watch a movie that has seemingly nothing to do with the greater MCU at large, and really be amazed at some like quality writing, some quality comedy, <coughs> excuse me, and maybe some cool like action moments, um, kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, um, even though Jeanette didn't like that, you know. I thought it was. I thought it was really cool, like right. you know, to see that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it had a lot more cultural, like overall cultural in, impact. That in in my opinion, um, poppy. Gar- yeah, Guardians did because it, it evoked all of those childhood emotions that you got when you watched right. like you know your favorite serial series, you know, like your favorite trilogy or series back back in the day. You know, like same feelings you got while watching. Star Wars or Indiana Jones or any of those big budget, you know, kind of like serialized things. Um, you know, like your Spielberg, your Lucas, you know, like that kind of stuff. Um, and watching this movie, I maybe, maybe it built, I maybe I built up, built it up too much for myself. I watched the trailer and I didn't expect much out of the trailer, but instead, you know, but still when I saw the trailers for Guardians, I felt the same way too. So I was like, all right, yeah, well, you know, there's not much really going on here in the trailers. There's some cool action moments, but you know what? I bet it. I bet it comes together, and it all makes sense, and it's going to be awesome. And there's a you know like a quirky, almost almost a list team, you know, behind this movie. And it's like, okay, yeah, I could do that. I know who Paul Rudd is. I know who Michael Douglas is. I know who Evangeline Lilly is. Okay. You know, you get some new up-and-comers in there as a supporting cast, and that's probably a pretty good deal. You know, I, I knew the guy from, uh, from what you would call it, from House Corey of Cards. Stoll. Yep. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm done. I'm ready. 
I'm right. I'm ready to rock and roll. And then it started rolling, and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm waiting for that that thing, I'm waiting for that Marvel hook to come and get me and go. Oh, this is why they made Ant Man because this is gonna matter. This is gonna be important. This is gonna be a cool thing that's gonna happen. You know. And, and then like, it was just like a heist movie. And I'm like, okay, I mean, it's 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 okay to have a heist movie. It's it's okay to do that, but it's like, really? But That's it, it? Wasn't even a very good heist movie. I, <laughs> That's kind of true. I wasn't invested at all in it. I didn't care whether they succeeded or whether they failed. I didn't care about the ants, which I thought were weird. I didn't care about any of it. I don't, but, but I I don't think they did a good job of making us I, care. I agree. Even even when Anthony, you know Paul Rudd, ride friend. Spoiler, <laughs> spoiler alert. Gets clipped by that bullet, which I thought was really rather stupid. Firing bullets at a bunch of itty bitty ants. Uh, agreed. It's like, are you serious? What kind of a moron are you? Yeah, but and, and how <laughs> and how in the world are you actually going to be able to hit a target, let alone anything? Yeah. Firing a gun into a sea of flying ants. And yeah. you knew Anthony was going to bite it. I actually did not know um, that Anthony was going to bite it, it, but that might have been because I was kind of like, eh, I'm not even watching it. He named one ant. The ant was going to bite it. Come on. That's like, true. That's very true. You know, yeah, you, you don't name your sidekick. You don't name your sidekick because the sidekick's going to go. And I, I agree, but. Uh, I taught myself how to knit while we were watching this movie. That's how sort of uninvested I was. I, that's, I, that's true. That actually happened. I, I don't know what else to say. You know. Uh, how did the project go today? Tell us about it because that might be worse. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the same YouTube video 16 times and I'd watch it again if you made me versus watching Ant-Man again. Like, I mean, again, though, I don't think it was that bad. It just... It never, it never got me. It never gripped me. It never said, Jeanette, you need to watch this again. And the thing is that, um, and I'm not admitting anything just for the record, but I couldn't, I couldn't access a certain copy. Um, and so I was like, well, I need to watch it because we're doing the, the podcast. So I almost went out and bought it. Mm, and right. I'm so happy <laughs> that I didn't have to because it wasn't worth it. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, like... Like talk about a coaster, yeah. you know, like that. That's a better use of your funds than buying Ant Man. Not because it was bad. I'm not saying I'd rather watch the knitting video because Ant Man was bad. I'm saying I'd rather watch the knitting video because I don't care about Ant Man. Yeah, I, I, I care about knitting. Right, I care more about knitting than I do about Ant Man yeah. at this point. And the reality of the situation is, I take or leave any of those characters. You know, don't care. The one I liked best was actually the villain, and really, yeah. I mean, such I a baby though. What's that? He was such a whiny baby. <laughs> oh my word! I want daddy to like me, and he doesn't approve of me, and so I'm gonna like love the whole entire world. That was his attitude. Now you're right, but he out of anyone, I, I don't know. I thought he, <laughs> I thought it was like. The best drawn character, I thought, in terms of like, or maybe he was a caricature. I think okay, it was more. Okay, like, no, let me let me ask you a question. Did his bald head seduce your better judgment? <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> I actually really like the actor. He's been in quite a few things I've seen. Yeah, and so and he plays a lot of different parts. It's not always the same. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that is 
probably where my partiality comes in. Like, like I'm unbiased about him. Okay. Or, or I am biased about him. So I think, and I think he played a fairly good whiny baby villain. Let's face it. And some villains, like if you look at The Incredibles, who, um, that guy, I can't remember his name, the one with the cape, who, um, the villain in The Incredibles. What, Frozone? Oh, The Incredibles. Oh, oh. Frozone? Incredible Yeah, well, he was Incredible Boy, and then he turned into, I think you're right, I think it was, no, Frozone was uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Right. Um, I can't remember, but the kid who grows up to be the villain who started out as Incredible, like he was a big whiny baby who wanted daddy's approval. Uh-huh. And I, I think that in real life, Corey Stoll played a pretty good, whatever this guy's name was. I can't remember what it is. I can't remember either. Um, yeah. but like, I thought, he, I think both of them are fairly decent villains. I mean, if we're going to. When, when you see that kind of character in a cartoon, it's one thing, because right. you expect it to be cartoonish. But I didn't think there was anything remarkable or intriguing or unique about, we'll just call him villain, since none of us can remember his name because none of us cared. Right. Well, the, um, well, the villain's name or the character's name? The the, the villain's <coughs> name. Yeah, because the villain's name was, wasn't it like... His first name is Darren. Darren like Cross. Yellow, yellow Jacket? Yellow Jacket, yeah. Yellow Jacket. Okay, okay, got it. I was like, what? why are you distinguishing between the two? Got it now. Okay, yeah. yeah. No, the character. Um, I just, I didn't think he was remarkable. I just, I, but I didn't think Paul Rudd was remarkable as Ant-Man. I didn't think that Michael Douglas was remarkable as Hank Pym. I didn't yeah. even think Evangeline Lilly was remarkable as Hank Pym's daughter. Yes. I don't remember what her name is. Mm, Angel uh, B. Hope. Hope. Oh, yep. You're Hope Pym. Um, I didn't think any of them were remarkable. So, like, if we had to pick the most le- uh, the the most remarkable out of the lack of remarkability, I think that the villain was the best choice. I don't know. Oh, no. Yeah, can't go with it, especially. Oh, especially because it really, well, and this has nothing to do with this character. I'll flat out admit I'm changing the subject because I don't think we're going to agree on this. <laughs> but but the fact that he gets, like, caught in that bug zapper and then all of a sudden the next second he's over at, you know, Paul Rudd's daughter's yeah. place. I, I kind of felt as if it was that, that scene from Emperor's New Groove where it is at the very, it's at the almost very end where um, Yzma and Kronk are, are mm-hmm. following Cusco, and all of a sudden they fall off of a cliff. And then in the very next scene, they show up again, right. and they're like, how'd that happen? Hey, whatever, let's kill you anyway. Right. And, and it's supposed to be funny and mocking of, of you know, poor, poor writing, basically. And right. that's how I felt about Ant-Man in that scene. I was like, huh? Did you guys cut out about, I don't know, 20 minutes of explanation here? And that's a possibility. There were lots of like, I, I, the cinematography in the film I didn't think was well done. I think they sacrificed story for cool, like, look at these really tiny people running around with lifesavers in a, in a briefcase kind of scenes. And like, I think that was supposed to be the like cool factor of the movie. And it just fell flat. I also feel as though, and Rich and I talked a little bit about this when we were going up to bed. They didn't treat me like an intelligent audience member. Like everything was spelled out. And I, 
you know, like the, the names of the ants and we got the Latin names and and every single thing was spelled out. That I, and I had an example when we were talking, when we were going to bed. But the, the one example I'll give you, like, so one of the beautiful things about films, about books, about stories, narrative, is the element of surprise, right? And you get sort of, in, in good storytelling, you get hints, foreshadowing, adumbration, whatever you want to call it. And in bad storytelling, you get slapped in the face with those things, okay? And sometimes it's supposed to be funny or whatever, or ironic. And maybe Ant-Man was going for irony and it failed. I don't think think it was that smart, to be honest with you, like to even try to attempt to go for irony. Um, But like, when he tells the story of, well, Hank Pym tells the story of his wife and how she went down because they couldn't get through the titanium and blah, 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 blah. And so he really didn't care about either. Right. No, me either. You know, there's no human connection there with any of these characters. And she goes subatomic to go through the particles of titanium and she goes into the quantum world or whatever. I think I got it all right, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then you know it's going to happen because he make uh, Darren Cross makes a huge deal about the suit being titanium and yellow jacket and blah 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, good, I know what's going to happen to Paul Rudd's character, whose name I can't remember, because um, I care that little about him. And yeah, Rich doesn't have it either. That's shocking. And so, Steve, Mike, no. Okay, okay. I, you. It was like help. a plain name, help. Scott. Scott. There we go. So, I know he's going to go subatomic, and I know his daughter's going to get him back. I know these things because they slapped me in the face with it. And I felt like that's not treating me as an intelligent participant in this. And that annoys the crap out of me. And maybe I am a little too particular because, let's face it, I sort of, my, my, if we, if I had a superpower, it would be guessing the the sequence of movies and books and everything that <laughs> would be it i'm practically a psychic um, when it comes to these things but treat me intelligently like treat me like I, I i can make inferences and do things and and that not the only thing i care not that the only thing i care about is like cool miniature fight scenes i don't know and I hated those. And I hated the flashbacks in the movie. I thought they were awful. I thought they were poorly done. I thought they were terrible. I thought they were choppy. And I didn't need everything narrated for me. Tell us how you really feel, Danae. <laughs> nice. I, I'm not getting a good idea of <laughs> how you felt. I am. I know. I'm so subtle that way. <laughs> you know... Well, I just have to say, like, I wasn't offended by this movie because I didn't care enough to be offended. I wasn't invested. I wasn't even paying attention enough. I was just like, eh, okay, yeah. And and I agree with you that it was very, very predictable. I already knew that, you know, the wife died how she died. Right. I mean, not exactly, but I figured it out, the basics. And, and that, you know, uh, uh, one thing about going subatomic, those graphics were kind of cool to begin with. I guess. I just have to give the movie that. I was like, oh, okay, well, that's kind of pretty. I might fall asleep watching it. Um, 
but it was a, an interesting interpretation of what that looked like. Yeah. I, I was so not invested throughout the whole movie, but the time we got there, I just, I don't think I cared even a little, yeah. to be honest with you. I was also up to my elbows in yarn. So uh, <laughs> there was that. But I just, I don't know. I just feel like it, I don't know how you make Ant-Man cool, but they didn't. I, uh, no, I think that they could have, though. I, I agree. Think was a way to make it cool, <clears throat> but they didn't seem to care enough to do that. I felt as if, I felt as if that is why I didn't care, is because they didn't care to make it well enough. And I wholeheartedly agree. And do you know what set the tone? I will tell you what set the tone for their lackadaisical approach to the film, to be honest with you. In the very first three minutes, when Hank Pym, CGI Michael Douglas, goes in because they couldn't get an actor to stand in and look like him. Come on now. Instead, they CGI'd his whole face, right? I think that was mistake number one. Like, I just, I wasn't buying in at that point. But CGI Michael Douglas goes into the board meeting and Howard Stark is there and Evil Hydra guy is there and blah, 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 blah. And Peggy Carter is and, there. Oh, that's right. I, I didn't even care that much to notice that Peggy Carter was there. And he clocks Hydra guy in the face because the guy brings up his wife, right? We know it's a hot button issue. There are There is a scene in which... Now, this is the first three minutes of the movie, and you can't tell me you didn't notice this as a director or an editor or a visual effects person or whomever is responsible for this or all these people. Michael Douglas clocks him in the face. He's blood streaming out both nostrils. Michael Douglas's weird CGI face is angry. And they cut back to the dude that he clocked in the face, and his face doesn't have any blood on it. I did notice that. And, and maybe he had a handkerchief or something. That <laughs> and then they cut back to Michael Douglas's weird CGI face, and they cut back to the dude that he clocked in the face. And then he has blood coming out of both nostrils at the very end of the scene. They didn't care enough to go back and retake that or CGI the friggin' blood in. Oh, I must have been on snooze at that point. Yeah, well, but but Danae's right. It was literally within the first three minutes of the movie. Yeah. There's like a glaring continuity error. And it's like, wow. Yeah, like way usually, way to be lazy. Usually, when you care, when when you catch those things, and if I caught it in the first view, because I usually don't catch continuity errors. Usually, when you see those things, they're like mid movie when people are so invested that they don't notice or they don't care. Mm. Like to have it in the first three minutes just tells me you don't give a crap about your own movie. Yeah, and that's it. And maybe that's that's what's sets the tone for the whole audience is consciously or subconsciously. And maybe that's the only sort of intelligent thing that they did was like subconsciously set, set this lackadaisical tone, you know, and I don't think that was intentional either. No. I mean, oh, I don't know. I mean, And you had such high hopes for it. I did. I really did. But what I wound up getting was... A, a movie that starred A-list actors that were so over-explained that they forgot the development part yeah, of the character. Yeah, I agree. That, that's so true. Like, I, like do, And again, that's not treating me like an intelligent 
audience member. Sorry, I'm banging things. Like, now I'm thinking about it and I'm analyzing it more and I'm getting more upset about it. Like, my rating is actually going down. I care more about the fact that they didn't that they didn't do these things now than I did when I was watching it. And it's because that they, they don't have any faith in me as a viewer. Like they had to over explain everything, including the friggin' ants. Like I didn't need that much education on ants ever. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the things, the things you need to know, they are small, but way stronger than you think they are. Some have different powers. <clears throat> Some, some have different, <coughs> yes. Yeah, some have different abilities. Okay, great. That's all we needed to know. I didn't need the three-minute explanation of each subgenre of ant. Like, well, but I mean, each of those explanations, which lasted what a decent five minutes all told, more than that. Yeah, somewhere around there. Okay, all it covered, or it explained maybe one minute of film later on yeah right yeah so you're I agree right it wasn't worth it no I, I mean and and neither i i could have done without the you know obligatory upstart hero training montage oh yeah where he's learning to control the ants with his mind yeah that was too it was too easy for him to overcome that you know like because there wasn't enough time literally in the movie or in the, the timeline, timeline of the movie mm-hmm. in, in order for him to learn this skill, he just has to have this like inherent like aha moment. And it's yeah. just like, okay. And I guess you have it in the car after you just saw like a father and a daughter get in a fight and you want to like, you want to help out by ha- you know, sharing your own, you know, father daughter troubles with the daughter and then, you know, it makes her think about something. Okay, but even that came off to me as like contrived and lazy, yeah. and and it it's been there, done that. And it's like, all right, but all right. So here's here's where I'll go with this. All of the all of that stuff, all the stuff that Danae was Danae was upset about, is passable in a. In a A-list action movie, it, all of that's passable because I, because if you can if you can keep the butt in the seat by all the cool shiny flashy things, then you're doing a good job. Now this is where the fanboy, right? You know, even though I'm the neo, we're all the neophyte on this one, but from the fanboy perspective, they didn't do that well either. Because I didn't care about most of the shiny, flashy things on the no, screen. neither. And some of it was cool. I will give them that. Some of it was cool. But they literally failed on every other front so that when the cool, shiny, flashy stuff happens, I'm like, okay, well, uh, all right, maybe it'll get better now. And, and then it'll be awesome. There'll be this awesome climax and there's some huge re- revelation or whatever. Like, okay, let's go back to the subatomic. I was praying that when he went into the subatomic realm he was going to see something there that mattered right like he was going to go subatomic and then be slipped into this quantum realm and then see a presence or a vision or something or fucking thanos somebody or michael douglas's wife yes 
Yes, yeah. and see her just floating there. Right. And then, you know, like... Try and get her. Try and well, get her. Also, give, it's give... not just say anything good about about his wife that she couldn't bring herself back. Like, okay, so does, did her husband not mean enough to well, her? Well, here's the thing, though. <coughs> I'll, I'll give the film's explanation a pass for this. Oh, because he had the little discs. He had the little discs, and uh, they weren't uh, invented yet. Okay, because okay. Hank invented them later when he decided to, like, you know, not be Ant-Man anymore. And he was, like, developing other things yeah. to, to okay. you know, to do, to explain away why the suit vanished and he wasn't using it anymore or something mm-hmm. like that. Or, or why the secrets couldn't be kept. Now, <clears throat> even that, though, like, that, mm, there wasn't mm. enough conflict in, in the, right. between Hank Pym and his protege. Yep. You know, like... That I needed to feel the letdown, or I needed to feel the anger, and, and it, it or the just, a, the it, animosity, or the you know like. Well, I got a little bit of the animosity. Like he was mad because he felt he felt some type of way, and he needed he he wanted to be trusted enough to get the secret. Okay, I get that. I get why he had his motivations, but Hank literally saw this guy that was like brilliant and he was good and whatever. But you got cl- too close to being like me, so you you, I'm I'm not gonna do anything for you now. But it's just like you, that's the point of taking in a protege, right. so you can like train him to be like you. Right. And then you did, and then he got it, and then he became like you, and then you were like, well, that's too close, can't get any more of that. And I'm like, what? Like, and and what like how superficial <laughs> an explanation is? Why didn't you let? Why didn't you? Like ever let me in because I saw myself in you, or why did you take me because I saw myself in you? Why didn't you ever let me in fully because I saw too much of myself in you? Like how superficial an explanation is that? I would have clocked him in the face. Like, <laughs> I mean, so so here's the other thing about being like you know a, a fan a, like the fanboy perspective on Hank Pym. So, how many of us right now? Quick poll of three feel. <laughs> That Hank Pym is, you know, super genius. One. I feel nothing about him. I don't know. I don't know enough about him to know whether he's a super genius or not. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let me let me just real quick explain my kind of sort of hands up. I feel as if we're supposed to think that. One hundred percent. That's that's exactly what we're supposed to think. In a movie that overexplained everything that didn't matter. How do we not know that? How do we how do we not see the awe-inspiring brilliance of Hank Pym? Because you know, I'll tell you this, in the comic books, he is 100% awe-inspiring awesome. Okay. You know, because he does a lot of things, including create Ultron. But he didn't get credit for that. The other brilliant guy that has the three movies to his credit did. Oh, interesting. See, and, and that would have been a cool twist on the Age of Ultron. Come on now, folks. Yeah. You know, I, I would have absolutely loved maybe <coughs> some insight in the script where he's like, well, I was working on this other project and decided not to finish it because I felt that I was taking myself too far. And then there's maybe a flashback that doesn't, you don't have to get Robert Downey because he's too busy filming all three Avengers movies and, and his Ant-Man stuff and being Robert Downey Jr. So maybe you don't give him the paycheck to show up for the five seconds where you can have a flashback of him 
talking to Stark about something else that you don't even have to say Ultron. You don't have to say anything. You might just have to say like, oh yeah, this is a side project I'm working on. Um, you know, it's, it's got to do with that computer stuff you like and something, you know, whatever. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, we remember that that was the way, that, the way it went in the comics. And sorry if you felt some type of way, you know, super geeks about, you know, the fact that we just gave all the credit to Stark. Okay, I would have I loved that. I would have loved anything else. Like, so here's the, you know, we go back to why I love the MCU so much, right? Is because it's so... In like it's so inferential. There's so many other layers to every single Marvel Cinematic Universe movie ever, and that included the one we skip out on, which is Incredible Hulk. Like even the Incredible Hulk had references directly to either Tony Stark or the Avengers Initiative, because they they started like drumming up that that um that whole side story at the end of Incredible Hulk. Okay, where they bring in Tony Stark to talk to the general about the Avengers initiative and why maybe they should, you know, not instead of like encapsulate the Hulk into a box and lock away the key, maybe we could use or harness the power of this character, um, of, of this being and, you know, and, and do some cool stuff. Okay. I would love for all of that stuff to happen to, to have happened or any of that or anything of like that to have happened in Ant-Man. But again, it still didn't. And no. it's like, it's the only Marvel Cinematic Universe movie that doesn't have some kind of direct tie to the global universe. Except I mean, I... for except for the one time that Ant-Man goes in and burgles the the new the brand new Avengers headquarters. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Okay, that's kind of cool." And you know where you're going to see him again. You know you're going to see Paul Rudd's character again. You go through the after credit scenes where you see um, Cap talking to Falcon, and Falcon's like, yo, um, I got somebody who's going to help you with this Bucky situation you're into. Yeah. Because, spoilers and surprise, they automatically found Bucky without even having that part of the movie. Like, the, you don't get a resolution in, in between the Winter Soldier and Civil War. He's just there. Yeah. I hope to God they explain that somehow. But, you know, like, okay. So they're going to have Ant-Man in here. Which is going to mean, I don't know, we could talk about Civil War and predictions and stuff like that in a second, I guess. But, I mean, that that's going to be a crowded movie. Like, well, a very crowded And I'm starting to get concerned about how many characters are going to appear in this film. Because it's like, it's getting a little out of hand. But, but you know, getting back to this, the, you know, like, I guess trying to wrap up my point about about ant-man it's just like i don't understand what there wasn't a risk that was taken by filming this kind of movie okay it would have been a risk if it was a heist movie and they did some kind of weird twist on the heist formula and you know it involved a superhero so that's why that's why we're taking these risks but all of that was cookie cutter the heist movie was completely cookie cutter that could have been some dude stealing some other thing from himself, the movie, because basically that kind of was what was happening because Hank Pym and company break into the facility that he used to own and took something that by rights, he might've actually been able to win in a legal battle with the owner of the other company. 
Like, this could have been solved in a courtroom, not in a heist movie. It would have been more interesting. <laughs> like, yeah. if you really think about it, that could have been... A, a, that's a feasible outcome. Yeah. And it would have been more interesting. You know, but... <clears throat> you know, and, and okay, you get, like, the... You get the father-daughter conflict two ways. And even those are, like, those are things that can tug on heartstrings but didn't because neither of the characters on either side was developed enough for you to care about any of them. And it's like, that's a major part of this whole story. Like, you need that. You need to have the feels for the daughters because then you need to have you know, either the opposite kind of feelings or something else for the other character to then wish that they would push or propel themselves into some kind of greatness. You know, like, you get you get um, Scott, who is basically pinned up as some kind of, like, Robin Hood character, but you don't get to see him do any of the Robin Hood stuff. No. If the movie opened yep. with him performing the heist that he got so much credit for uh -huh. and then getting locked up and then getting you know serving his time and doing all this stuff you might have felt a little more for scott's character knowing that he did that for a specific reason and then you could have felt for him all movie That's long right. because he did it for his daughter or something or he did it for this whatever reason he did it and it's just okay i understand because i just saw him take those actions and pay the penalty, and then do that stuff. And then he gets sucked in again, and you know he doesn't want to do it, but he does get sucked in, and then you can feel for him even more <coughs> because, you again, you saw the other actions being taken. Well, but, if, if I can just make three quick points slash statements slash whatever. Sure. The first, going back to something you said before about how this, this movie really is not necessary for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh -huh. I did like the mention of, you know, we should call the Avengers. This is this is something that the Avengers should help with. And then that idea was shut down. So at least it was acknowledged right. that, well, uh, that the Avengers were around. And not all the other movies have done that. That's true. And that is very true. And in a very clever bit of one-liner, yes. they mentioned specifically why the Avengers aren't there. Yes, Because exactly. Hank Pym says they're probably off like preventing dropping, dropping city, a city, city from the, out sky. the sky and i'm like okay right that's All kind right. of funny yeah it's I about will, three funny lines in the whole yeah, movie i will excuse the fact that none of the avengers save for falcon who wasn't he a part of the conflict no well no i okay i got no the no it was, it was iron patriot it was iron okay. Patriot. but i got the, the impression that <laughs> wasn't, it wasn't that the avengers were actually in the process of saving said city from you know falling out of the sky it was more like um pim was referencing that that happened it was not impressed because they should have been able to handle the situation much better than they actually did that's the impression that i got it was it, it already happened and and <laughs> Pim's like yeah that was pathetic they're going to screw this up too it could it could be it could be a it could be a knock on that but again you wouldn't have known why he would have had any animosity towards any of the Avengers, like maybe Tony Stark, 
because mm-hmm. they didn't even bother to explore that facet of the story. Well, they, I mean, they, they mention it. They mention it. I tried so, plus I tried so hard to keep this technology out of the hands of one Stark. I'm just going to walk it into the hands of another. He doesn't like the Starks. Like, you, no, you get that impression. Like, why yeah. would he trust Tony Stark to help him do this when Tony is the mogul that would capitalize on this technology right but if I, well, and, and it'll be probably the reason why you'll see ant-man standing on falcon and cap side during this next conference right but, <clears throat> but the the reality of the situation is that's the only inference the filmmakers allow us to make and it's a shoddy one at best you know what i mean uh, again though i do uh, there were too many other movies where i felt as if this should have been handled so much differently yeah. and you did not explain why it wasn't right so so I have to give Ant Man major props for that at least. That's- okay, I agree. I'll I'll tacitly agree with you on that because you know, fine. Okay. I, okay. If it needs a point, I'll give it that. I mean, it's easy enough. Okay. So that's that's point number one. Point number two is actually in defense of the actors because I don't think it was the actors' fault. I think it was one thousand percent the writers. I think the actors did exactly what they were supposed to do. But. but- Paul Rudd, who was the the main character in the movie, co-wrote the script. Oh, that doesn't say much about his writing abilities. <laughs> That's true. But okay, so I'm I'm reading I'm reading the third book in a fairy series by uh, Rachel Morgan. Sorry, Rachel Morgan, I loved your first two books, but in reading the third one, I, and I raced through the first two. I raced through them because they were just that compelling. And the third one, I've been reading for maybe uh, three weeks to, to a month at this point. I'm just like, la, 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 la. I'll read a couple pages at a time because mm-hmm. it's not compelling. Because I feel as if, honestly, I feel as if Morgan just wrote it because she had to. She was expected to. Yeah. She was told, this needs to be a series because we made so much money off of the first one. And so she's not invested in it. She's not interested in it. And she doesn't. She, she's just doing it because she was told to. And I feel as if that is the exact same issue with Ant-Man. Yeah. If the writers were told to do it, they didn't actually care about doing it. I agree. Yeah. I mean, it, it's one of those, this character is going to be an Avenger at some point. So you got to give him his props. Yeah. <coughs> Make this movie. I mean. <coughs> all right. But if Hawkeye's an Avenger and he's much cooler, let's face it. And yeah. he's never had a movie. That's true. Let's. We could have done without Ant Man. Well, I mean, also there was way too much product placement in this movie. Way, way too much product. They sacrificed. There's Basking Robins. There was Lifesaver. <laughs> there was Apple. There was like There's s- always Apple. There's always Thomas the Tank Engine. And Thomas Friends. the Tank Engine and Friends. It, it just couldn't be any model train. It was Thomas <sighs> and his giant face <laughs> after he gets hit with a like. The uh, enlarged disc. Yeah, <laughs> so no point thing. that there was so no point to it. Even for even for comic relief, it wasn't the, funny. No, it's no, it was, like really? Did they just do that? <laughs> I don't know. It it just the movie wasn't funny. There were very few funny moments, and Paul Rudd, who was in the Forty Year Old Virgin, who was in. I kept thinking about that movie watching yeah. that. He was in what? Wasn't he in like Knocked one of those? Up. Yeah, it was in Knocked Up, but he was in another one Maybe of those like up. movies. Like, yeah. wasn't he in like Ten Things I Hate About You or something like that? No, that was Heath Ledger. No, okay, no, this... didn't he play? No, that's that. Nope. What? What's... There was a movie where there was like a 
one of those it's one of those movies where it's like a isn't an girl, ice skating movie girl wants to be with a guy you know guys either a bad boy or something like that and and Paul Rudd plays the brother of this girl and, and he's totally an anchor man and he and he was like in that yeah he was an anchor man I mean he's allegedly a kind of kind of a funny guy that yeah. usually plays the straight man most of the time but he like was, sar- he's also in a Halloween movie sarcastic straight man very good um but it's ju- he just wasn't he just wasn't funny he wasn't funny and I mean he could get there I I, I have every um I have every every ten- intention in believing that that he can get there and <clears throat> it could be one of those first impression things where okay yeah he he had his first movie and his standalone movie didn't stand up because there wasn't enough yeah, like let's just call it there wasn't enough Marvel in air quotes, you uh-huh. know, in, in this movie to, to make it, you know, like really stand out in the in the pantheon of the MCU. But when he appears in his his future roles in, in the in the you know, like he played these roles in these next movies, maybe he winds up shining as that supporting character you you, you go, Oh wow, I didn't know like he was this cool. You know, he becomes another Hawkeye. You know, because you first see Hawkeye in, was it, Thor? Yeah. Yeah. For about five and you're seconds. like, well, who's this dude? All right, well, all right, fine, Jeremy Renner. Okay, cool. And then, you know, you see him again in the Avengers, and you're still like, yeah, all right, maybe he's getting a little cooler. But the mind control thing is weird, so you don't really get any like any like any insight to his character at all and then holy crap avengers 2 this guy's awesome you know like the, mm-hmm. he was like one of the favorite one of my favorite characters in in all of avengers 2 because it was like it just comes out of nowhere and he has like all this cool interesting backstory and it all matters mm-hmm. <coughs> and it all plays into the story and he has like critical moments that help introduce new characters great awesome oh he was in romeo and juliet he played paris the new one, Baz Luhrmann. The one. Baz Luhrmann one. Mm-hmm, he played Paris. Right, I hated see this movie. So let me I don't see this IMDb it. nonsense because I, I have to find out what that movie was. I don't know. Oh, it was Clueless. Oh, that's right. Oh, he was the brother. What? He was the brother. Yep. Dang, he that was what? actually his break, wasn't it? I think so. And he was like the heartthrob because that's he's fun. the one who Cher ended up with. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yep, yep. That's like a nineties classic right there. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Real quick though, speaking of <coughs> that he was in and specifically forty year old virgin, watching watching Ant Man and this is so not PC, I'm very sorry, I'm not trying to be offensive, but I didn't write the line, so don't blame me. Um, but watching it, all I could think of was that scene in Forty Year Old Virgin where Paul Rudd and um and what's his name? Um, the, oh gosh, whatever. Um, are sitting playing video games and they're going back and forth between each other. Well, do you know why, how I know you're gay? Do you know mm-hmm. how I know you're gay? And that, that. Yeah. Um, what's his, Seth Rogen. Yes. Thank you. And I was like, that just kept popping into my head. And I don't know if that says anything about the movie or if it was just, you know, my brain working the way that my brain does. But regardless, that was. That was taking up more attention in my in my conscious than the actual movie did. 
Right. So I guess it, my question is post discussion because I think we fairly beat this unremarkable <laughs> movie to death. Uh, you know, and today's no board. Not to put too fine a point on it, but I am. Um, <laughs> would you change your rating from a two point five? No. No, I would. Because no. I got so angry at their. I couldn't tell. Lack of treating me like an intelligent viewer. That I think I need to change it to like a point seven five. Whoa, that's that's really bad. Danae is angry. Did not like this movie. Danae's like going all Hulk over here. Yeah. <laughs> no, right. did not like this movie. Uh, I don't know. Coming in on final scores. Uh, I think in I think it's solid two is probably where I'm at. Yikes. And that would probably, that's my, I think that's my lowest. That's, I, it is. It might be all of our lowest. No, I've given, I, I gave something else a lower score. Oh than yeah, two. that's right. <laughs> Actually, I think I gave Age of Ultron a lower score than 2.5. Really? I think I gave it a two. You might maybe have. maybe I gave it a three. You, I, but we I don't need know. to start posting the average scores based yeah, on the we, three. Brilliant. Yeah, we need to start yeah. averaging the three scores and posting it next to the, Next to the um, blog post, or yeah, I like it. <laughs> or even better yet, if I like ever have a free time, for the website <laughs> or that that would probably be a great thing to do. Like, hey, website movie score, so breakdown of scores, maybe a little text blurb. <clears throat> I don't think you should give breakdown of scores. I think it should be left to the the listeners discretion so, well oh to go like to give find the out? average score yeah because one person's really poor score could drag down the cumulative and you could like then see what the other two people thought of it if if it is truly a, just a stinker of a movie or if it's one person's um low average or low score bringing down the average right well like like in like in the case of uh one Guardians, of the, one Guardians of the Galaxy. And that's the one I gave a lower score on. Score, that score is pretty, pretty darn Telling high still, you, though. You're scarred from... 4.75 4. Your experience. Volumes. Your experience scarred you. I am convinced of it. That, yeah. I, I, I mean, we'll see. We'll see when we get to Guardians 2. If it, if yeah, it but she's already true. so biased. I don't think there's any bringing it back. Well, no, no, I actually disagree with you there. <laughs> They could pull it off. I genuinely believe that they can pull it off. They just need to put a heck of a lot more effort into it than they did with Ant-Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you think there's re- redemption for Ant-Man, though? Do you think Paul Rudd comes in and, and has this, has a little bit part in, in Civil War, and you're like, oh, okay. No. No? I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I honestly don't. I, I think. I'm just too far gone. I'm just too annoyed. I don't I mean, know. And and it honestly could be... Nope. Nope. Actually, no. I was going to say it honestly could be the fact that I basically predicted the movie from the start to the finish. You know, but I don't think that's what it is. Because I've done that with other movies before and still enjoyed them. This was right. just crappy. I just thought it was just a crappy movie. And no, it was really good... You think their their um, opinion of your intelligence was crappy? Because again, you did not have a bad, you did not have a good or bad opinion of it to begin with. You're right. You got all ticked off about analyzing it. Yeah, it, it was really, it was really how they treated me as a viewer. You're right. 
but that just impacted my whole the whole gestalt of the movie for me huh. once we started talking about it, which is interesting. I don't think that's ever happened before. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I just feel like now I'm, every time I see Ant-Man, I'm just going to go, ugh. And the interesting thing about this is, if you look at IMDb or rot, I don't, I don't know if we, I'll look up Rotten Tomatoes before the end of the show, but it was well rated. People yeah. liked it. Yep. Like, and it did well in the theaters. I, the I 500 million worldwide does, is not nothing to sneeze at. I don't understand. <laughs> There's going to be an Ant-Man 2 because it did so well, but I just don't get it. I, I don't understand how. On IMDb, it had 7.5 out of 10. And um, I have an answer, but it is not very nice about why it did so well. Okay. Do you want to share with the class or no? You're going to leave so that Why not? Everyone can hate me. Um, basically, I, well, okay, now, maybe it's too jerky. Never mind. What, what, what? What's going on? I just, after reading so many books that had amazing Amazon reviews over the last year or two, ding, ding. I'm not impressed with people's ability to, to, discern what is worthwhile reading or viewing and what is not. That's the nicest way I can put it. People are stupid. Okay, yeah, that's exactly what went through my head, but I'm trying (laughs) to be nice. But, you know, but that's fair enough, too, though. You know, like, I couldn't understand going into the movie, I knew about the ratings. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't understand why they were so high by the time we even got into halfway through. And then certainly at the end, I'm like, well, there was nothing to redeem it at the end. Like, why was it so highly rated? Tomato meter, <coughs> 79%. So that's critics. Audience score, 88%. Yeah. I mean, then again, look, I mean, what do we do for, for entertainment these days? We watch stupid YouTube videos. And... They're really, really dumb. If you ever just go trolling through YouTube, oh yeah, oh my goodness, absolutely horrifically boring stuff. Yeah, I've yes, seen... they will have a million views, easy. And I'm like, okay, I'm number one. Several of my brain cells died. Um, number two, number two, I'm bored out of my mind. What in the world is up with this? Yeah. I I just don't think that we have a decent understanding of what constitutes good entertainment anymore. So I think we've been we've been damaged severely. And Rich can go into this at a different time. I beg of you, please don't start talking about that stupid YouTuber now. Um, But because we had a an hour conversation about the very famous YouTuber who makes millions of dollars on YouTube for doing mind-numbingly dull things yep. who, who may in, uh, in 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 fact in the next <coughs> 10 or 20 minutes receive a game award for his uh for his efforts i really hope he doesn't i really hope he doesn't either because i want greg miller to win yeah because uh, what greg, is his greg name Miller's the man. Cute, pewdiepie. pewdiepie pewdiepie sounds like a my little pony yeah yeah he's swedish he is swedish so the, some top critic reviews, which I'm happier about than I was about the Rotten Tomato score. Ants are pests, and it's just a weird place to start for a superhero, especially if he never strays too far from his origins. That was Roger Roper. The same tepid, time-worn routine with few chocolate sprinkles of quote-unquote fun on top. Marvel has become its own antonym. Wow. Dang. Yeah. 
no other Marvel installment has felt as weighed down by its obligations to the franchise. But see, I thought Age of Ultron was not this bad, but I didn't think it did a good job either. And we already discussed all that, so I'm not trying to get us off on on that topic, but I, I rather feel as if the writers are getting burned out. Well, maybe it's time for some new teams. Yeah, maybe. I mean, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about new writing teams. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you meant cast of characters. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I mean, you can still have the same people playing the parts. Yeah. You know, the, the, an actor will get passionate about a good script. Yeah. Period. You know, like nine times out of ten. That's that's all it takes. It, it, give them a compelling story and then they'll play it. Mm-hmm. You know, but keep feeding them this crazy coming out of a machine cookie cutter stuff and then you're going to wind up finding the actors are going to want to check out and yeah. when they do that then it's over you know exactly. and then, then you get finally you get the mcu movie that bombs mm-hmm. and then then they start taking a hard look at things and maybe some stuff gets canceled and maybe some other stuff happens and whatever i mean it's not happening you know obviously you know and without <coughs> Without too much of any discerning opinion, we just said collectively that this movie was just eh to not good, you know, Um, and that still didn't matter because, you know, obviously we're talking after the hype, you know, we're we're, we're talking, you know, it's about to come out on DVD or Uh Blu-ray, and the movie still did $500 million worldwide, like, it's just like... But are these it, the did better, it did better than some of the other Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. And it's just like, okay. You know, so clearly other people are speaking for us with their wallets. Because I didn't go see it in the movie theater. You know, and, and neither did anyone else here. But a lot of people did. And that speaks volumes to the investors and the heads of, of the powers that be at Disney and Marvel. We're... You know, we're just going to keep getting this if people keep going. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I hate to get out of, I don't like a fanboy soapbox, but, you know, I, I really wish that if there is something that is kind of like subpar or doesn't fit or you don't like it, <coughs> I mean, <coughs> speak with your wallet. Yeah. Maybe don't maybe don't go see Ant-Man 2 or whatever, you know, unless, of course, they've decided that they wanted to change the way the character looks and you really like the trailer or something, you know, obviously, you, you know, knock yourself out and do whatever, do whatever you want to do, but, you know, don't keep rewarding bad writing, you know, like don't keep rewarding, you know, laziness, you know, because it, it, it's just, you know, it's not going to do anyone any good. And what it's going to, what's going to happen is it's going to wind up making the larger products you know, your core franchise pushers, the, the Avengers movies, it's going to wind up hurting them because, oh, well, they really love that that Ant-Man thing, so let's put a whole bunch of slapstick weird stuff in the, the new Avengers film. Oh, like, everybody's going to love it. And then it'll wind up being just like this muddled mess when really, <coughs> if they if they just took the um, the time to laser focus those big movies and tell a, a brilliant story, uh-huh. people will still go in there and sit their butts down and watch those movies. And then the money will come coming in like you'd think that the movie is, you know, the movie 
projector is actually just a printing machine, and the money will just flow freely into the pockets of everybody at Marvel and Disney. Because that, that's what really, like, you just tell a compelling and good story, and they will just be there. You know, and that's it. And then you, you, we've seen it time and time again. But <clears throat> Well, and I'm going to give viewers some credit here and kind of sort of walk back my stupid comment, kind of, sort of, um, and say, let's face it, some of the previous movies were really, really good. And so there is that expectation that this is a Marvel movie and right. therefore it could be really, really good. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I want to check it out. Just like with, uh, with uh, Jurassic World, which was so bad and it made so much money. It made ridiculous it amounts did. of money. For the 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 level of oh my god, well yeah. we we'll have to have that conversation oh, yeah. when we get there. But, but I think oh my was, god, <laughs> but I think it was because Train and now I will Raptors. admit I actually got this opinion off of some some other movie critic and I cannot remember his name. I would love to give him credit, but I just can't. Um, but he's like, you know, the only reason that this movie did as well as it did is because it was it was nostalgic. It was right. a bunch of people who, you know, really, really enjoyed the first one going, oh, my word, I get to relive, what, 15 years ago? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so he, he pointed out that they're already talking about making a Jurassic World 2. He goes, that's not necessarily going to do as well because people recognize, hopefully, that this movie was not that great. They just went to see it for <laughs> the nostalgia value, and right. that was it. Well, and they went back to see it a second time and even a third time, like my idiot brother. Love you, David. <laughs> um, but but at the same time, there's there's a limit. Right. There's a limit to how much money they're going to spend and how many times they're going to subject themselves to that level of patheticness. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, <clears throat> and again, you know, we're very rapidly approaching another one of those nostalgic moments. You know, where we're going to see a whole bunch of people flock to theaters to see a movie. Mm-hmm. And... Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, you know the, the you know that that that'll be very interesting to see, um, which is part of the reason why I'm so excited about it. And um, maybe maybe Rich and I are talking too long because Danae is yawning over there. I noticed it's been a long day, <laughs> and it is ten o'clock at night. To be fair, uh, this might be our true. latest podcast yet. It, uh-huh. Yeah, it might be. It might be. All right, so... Oh, no. Guardians of the Galaxy was. Oh, that's true. Yes, that's very true. We did it like 1 o'clock in the morning. We did, yes. Because <laughs> we, we did the double feature, right? Yeah. We yep. did um, <laughs> Winter Soldier, the podcast, Guardians, the podcast. Yeah. That was a, that was a good weekend. Uh-huh. That was good. It's a marathon. So, <clears throat> speaking of uh, marathons, well, I guess we'll, we'll close the books on Ant-Man and hope that the writing team hears our plea to... Do better. Do better anytime the the Ant Man comes onto the screen, or in general, or in general. Um, you know, actually, real quick question, MCU related, <coughs> before we move on to clean up and stuff. Has anyone seen the trailer for Captain America: Winter Soldier? No. Or, or yes. Civil War. Yeah, and actually, I really liked it. Okay, I'm into it too. Um, I'm interested to find out what the actual cause of the the conflict is going to be and if they're really going to push Bucky as the conflict. I mean, I got that impression. I did too, but I I can understand why you would call Captain America Civil War Captain America Civil War because okay, it's you know, it's a conflict of of two united parties. Mm-hmm. 
but to have that connotation and then have all the other characters that are involved in this movie for it to literally just be about the Bucky situation would be very, very interesting to see what would happen to the rest of the fan base that is then that is now like would or would be clamoring to see what the civil what civil war means to the Marvel comic universe. Okay. Which is something completely different. Okay. But we can we can talk about that stuff later. But I guess um, January, right? That's when we're we're doing that podcast. Uh for for Civil War. For Civil War. Oh, I mean, well, I mean, we can talk about it as we're doing other Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff as we lead up to it. Okay. Because, uh, you know, we're, we're pretty much caught up on movies, so the next one is Civil War, and that doesn't come out until, what, May? Oh, wait, I thought that was... No, I think it's, I think it's May. I think it's the main movie. Oh, you're right. We're doing, um, we're doing Star Wars in January. <laughs> yes, we're doing Star Wars in January. So, um, <clears throat> and, and after Star Wars, I guess, um, we, we can do other movie series, but... You know, if we we thread back in some Marvel goodness here and there, you know, Agents we of Shield, yeah, Carter. exactly. We will get through Agents of Shield by then. Carter, um, Agent Carter will be back for season two. Mm-hmm. That starts in mid January, mm-hmm. so we got that, and then you know, clean up mid mid season break, Agents of Shield, and maybe even start watching current uh, Agents of Shield, and then getting right into. The Marvel movie series, Marvel movie season. So, you know, we can always have that have that be like something we talk about um, during, um, you know, the later parts of of a, you know, of another movie podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we could like talk about I don't know, like well, in the current schedule, it's Star Wars and then Jurassic's and then something else. So, like you know, at the end of one of them, if we're if we're caught up with um, the there's TV shows and there's only been like you know a TV show or whatever. You take a quick five or ten minutes and be like, oh yeah, this one was cool and I like the way the story's going and whatever, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> stuff like that. So, but yes, that because we have caught up with the MCU, that does mean it is on to Star Wars. It is time. It is time for which is very excited. The tale from a galaxy far, far away. Um, <clears throat> I will tell. <laughs> <laughs> so I will uh, I will say something though <clears throat> I went to um, a Best Buy on pre-Black Friday sales and picked up Blu-ray copies of the original trilogy marked as Star Wars A New Hope Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back or The Empire Strikes Back and Star Wars The Return of the Jedi alrighty um then I did some research because they didn't say anything about special edition or anything like that. And they were in a limited edition tin and they were a, like a limited release. So I was like, oh, sweet. Well, maybe they put the theatricals on there because that'd be really awesome. You know, have a theatrical release of, of the movie without the special edition nonsense and the Han not shooting first and, you know, like all the other stuff that we're going to wind up talking about. I was like, that would be really cool. So I did some research and then found out that after Disney bought Lucasfilm and brought it into the the house of of the mouse, they eliminated all previous editions of the Star Wars trilogy past 1997. Anything earlier than 1997 to them does not exist. 
What little? Wow. Yes. So any Blu-ray that you can buy in a store will be the 1997 special edition, and that is it. And anything that's a special edition of the special edition is the future edits and and editions that they made post Revenge of the Sith when they when they added um, Hayden Christians Hayden Christensen's face over the the body of the then defeated Anakin Skywalker in Return of the Jedi and they uh, they was it Ian Mc McEwen. Uh, no, Ewan McGregor. No, not yeah. Ewan McGregor. Um, no, it was in it. Yeah, Ian McDonald. The he's the character. He's the the guy who plays the Emperor. Oh, he, it's Ian Mc something. I I just I can't remember who it is. But that actor who played Emperor Palpatine in in in, mm-hmm. in uh, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, he was also the same character in Return of the Jedi, but not the one in Empire Strikes Back because they didn't have that character yet. They didn't have that character cast. So they just used some, some dude or some lady. I think it was actually. Um, they replaced that character with a CG version of the the proper emperor. Um, and then you know all these other 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 weird edits. Like of course the thing that I mentioned on the last podcast, um, the end of the end of Return of the Jedi. There's no more Ewok song because you get John Williams orchestral celebration song and then <coughs> um you get to see people celebrating on planets you have no idea exist unless you've seen the prequels so that makes all the sense in the world instead of you know what my childhood remembers which is a bunch of ewoks running around singing the dance of their people which is great because that's what you should do when you just blew up a giant like galaxy destroying super station you just Sing a dance to your people and dance around a dead Jedi on a burning pile of stuff. Because that's what happens. But anyway. Oh. Yeah. That's what, that's you what do. happens so, in our village. Exactly. So when I heard this, I went directly to the internet and I'm like, this cannot be true. There has to be and must be a high quality digital transfer. Of the original theatrical cut of all these movies. It has to exist somewhere. And somewhere out there, there has to be also someone crazy enough to call many different versions of the film together and remaster them themselves. Because, obviously, Disney has no interest in doing it now that they they own the franchise. And since we'll never be able to pay real real or virtual monies to this company to get the uh, option of watching these movies then I will get them whenever way I can because I still own all of my theatrical cuts on VHS. So I can do with whatever I... I can do with the movies whatever I want to because I've literally owned the Star Wars trilogy on every medium that has ever been released with the exception of one, and that's with Laserdisc because, well, I just didn't have, like, thousands of dollars when I was 17 years old. So sorry, I didn't have those. But I would totally pick them up now because they're probably, like, two cents. Because who has a laser laser disc player anymore? And I would just put them on my wall, and that'd be great. But anyway, so I find out that there is actually somebody who goes by the name of Harmy who lives on the internet somewhere. And he totally spent six or seven years of his life 
doing that exact same thing. They're the, that very thing that I, I wanted someone to do, which was take every frame of every movie in every version of it ever and put it all back together in a superb um, HD digital transfer and then say, here you go, Internet. You're welcome. That guy has way too much time in his hands. Yep. I'm glad he did it, though. So, as so, so we have, we have uh, the ability to watch the original theatrical cut. Alrighty, there we go then. Hold me back. The entire Star Wars trilogy, um, the original Star Wars trilogy. And I'm then, gonna do an so Ewok dance. You, we can all do the Ewok dance, and it's gonna be awesome. And we're gonna watch it in the machete order. And I found a 1080p version of uh, Star Wars episodes one through three, a Phantom edit. Clocking in at two hours and eight minutes. That I can sleep through. That everyone can sleep through. That uh, I, I can't okay, drink just, through. I want, I want that pizza. The pizza that we got um, when we were watching Guardians of the Galaxy. In this order to pizza? Yeah. This pizza? Yeah. No, no, no. It, but it, the other one I thought was better, actually. Which one? Which I one? don't remember. What, the one with the chicken on it? It might have been that one. Oh, the vodka pie? Oh, man. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. That yeah, was yeah, awesome. The vodka pie? So, All right. So, I can't really, you know, be drinking alcohol mm-hmm. when Danae can't. I want pizza. Um, pizza. Oh, gosh, I'm totally blanking. It's getting too late, and I'm old. Um, bribery. There we go. Okay. Done. Pizza you... backsheesh. Yes. <laughs> so we can, totally, we can totally do this. That's so... not English, Danae. <laughs> so because we have to get through. Blackmail. Yes. So because we have to get through four movies before we could go to the theater and see a movie. And we want to go to the theater and see the movie in January. How are we going to handle the taking in of the original Star Wars trilogy? So I vote. Well, um, maybe. Well, I would love to ask the audience whether they care about our planning or just our opinions after the fact. But should we be discussing this on air or off air? I mean, it's it's fine. It's fine by by me, I guess. But you know, like we can we can go and figure out the details, audience, and then we'll we'll. Uh, We'll get back to you with the first the first episode of the Star Wars trilogy. So episode sixteen, Star Wars: A New Hope, um, which will be at a pre you know at, at a de- undetermined date so far and time. Yeah, we're we're headed for end of December, beginning of January, folks. Right. That's, yeah. That's... So that's you know rest assured, it's going to be you know probably in at least a couple weeks or something like that <clears throat> because I need to get all of these versions of the film to Jeanette somehow. And it will happen. Um, Merry whether, Christmas. <laughs> whether, yes, whether it gets delivered um, via carrier pigeon or United States Postal Service or You have better luck hand. with the carrier pigeon. Yes, by, yes, I do. <laughs> I, uh, our United States Postal Service in this area is kind of shoddy. Well, we're going to see... But, and if he comes down here to deliver something, he might get shot since I'm in Baltimore and everything, you know. Yeah. So, so our best bet might be Connecticut. Oh, that is correct. We will be seeing you. Except that my poor family is going to be there, and I'm subjecting myself to this. I cannot do that. No, but we can do the handoff. Yes, no, we can hand you. the handoff. Yes, we can hand Uh, you the media that you will then be able to do this with, which would be pretty perfect timing. Yeah, there we go. There we go. So, sounds good. So, somewhere after the 18th, you guys will see this. Well, you hear us talking about good times. Pregnant lady needs to go to bed. All right. 
So pregnant ladies need to go to bed. Um, there's more than one. We've, uh, I mean, if there's pregnant ladies listening to the podcast, I mean, maybe they're like, oh man, you guys are talking about an hour and 10 minutes about Ant-Man and Star Wars and all this stuff. Yes. Just get on with it already. Time to cut the cord. Yes. So, um, so I guess until next time, um, I'm Rich. I'm Danae. <laughs> Don't sound so excited. And I'm Jeanette. <laughs> All right, and we'll see you guys next time. Are you growing a human? <laughs> oh, man. No, no. I'll shut up. Good point. Are you growing a human? All right. Bye, chickens. All right. We'll see you next time on Short of Angles. Take it yep. easy, guys. Bye.